This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution. That will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. some intangibles that those projections failed to take into consideration. The crowd was going crazy. There's not much in life that's better than that. You're listening to Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys on the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. Hello there. Welcome back to the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys Podcast. Sam Loveman here, as always, with Joe the Butcher Boy Shatsky. Episode 67 of the podcast, Shasky, did you know that from 1998 to 2006, Barry Bonds posted a war of 67.6 over that time? Why do I bring up this random Barry Bonds stat? Because it's Barry Bonds' birthday today. Happy 59th birthday to Barry Lamar Bonds, the greatest, purest Giants hitter there ever was. 20 years ago today, he had one of the greatest games ever where he threw a guy out at home plate and hit a home run to win the game. Yeah, do you remember uh, who that pitcher was who he hit that home run off against? No. Was it against the Diamondbacks? It was. It was against the noted Bonds nemesis, Mike Myers. Mike Myers. You remember him? He was the guy who the Diamondbacks always had. It's like their secret weapon to Barry Bonds. You know, like whenever Bonds would come up, got to go to Mike Myers, which of course I always loved that his name was Mike Myers too. Because, you know, you have to. Yeah, that's great. Then Bonds would come in and it just always just launch one off him. Like, really? That's your secret Barry Bonds weapon is the guy who gives up a home run to Barry Bonds. Whoa, that's a great weapon. Um, and then remember, yeah, I think it was, it was Craig Council. I think he threw out at the plate right before there and then takes one pitch from Mike Myers and launches it into the sea. It's just textbook Barry Bonds carrying the team. Uh, you know what's not carrying the team right now, Shasky? The Giants offense. Mm. It has been just such a slog. And that's kind of what I get into here in this first segment here is this road trip the Giants were just on, it was supposed to kind of be like the what you do on this road trip will determine what the Giants do at the All-Star break. You know, you always hear the, the, the phrase, you have like the team has to show that it is worth upgrading at the All-Star break. After this road trip, I think this could not have been a worse road trip for the Giants in terms of answering the question, does this team deserve to be upgraded at the trading deadline right now? after this was now been a five and six road trip that got off to such a promising start. You answer that question. Does this look like a team that deserves to be upgraded at the trade deadline? In the month of July, they're hitting as a team 204 right now. Uh, They're not scoring runs. They're not getting on base. They're not getting contributions from the starting pitching. And it feels like they're getting exposed. The injury to um, Tyro Estrada has really caught up to them. I think that the Mike Estremski month of July has been 
horrible. I think three for 44 or something close to that. Um, you know, Wilmer Flores has been swinging a red hot bat, but that's about it. I mean, right now, you know, if Mato sees five or six pitches and draws a walk, that's a great at bat for this Giants lineup. Like that's that's how that's low the bar is right now. Yeah, it's it's just so frustrating because yeah, after you get off that five and zero start in that road trip, uh, sweeping the Pirates in Pittsburgh, which you know that's been kind of a tough place for the Giants to play the last few years going into Pittsburgh, especially in the middle of the summer. That's never fun. Going to Cincinnati is always tough, and you just it. They were rolling so hot right there, and you felt really good. Seeing them come crashing down, you almost kind of wish, what if it was the other way around? What if they lost the first five and then won the next six? Maybe is it a little bit of recency bias, just seeing the fact that they've just we're seeing a six-game losing streak right on the heels of that five-game winning streak? Does that kind of influence just kind of where we're feeling with the Giants right now? Well, of course, but I think we're being honest. I mean, we're not, we're not being honest with ourselves. If we didn't have skepticism throughout a 10 game winning streak. I mean, they had won six of those 10 games or 11 games in the eighth inning or later. You know what I mean? Like that, that, that is really not, not the model for sustainability. No, it's not. And this, I don't know. This is where you just get into this really difficult conversation. It's kind of what moves you need to make now. First off, I'm I'm not going to totally freak out about the offense right now. I mean, teams are going to go through hot and cold spells throughout the season. Uh, Gabe Kapler mentioned after the game uh, yesterday, uh, we're recording this on Monday. You'll probably be listening to it on Tuesday. So this is on Sunday after the loss to the Nationals where Kapler kind of talked about how, you know, we've had some kind of bad luck. The, the balls in play is the worst in the league over the last month. The batting average on balls in play. And, you know, BABIP is kind of one of my favorites kind of, you know, metrics to look at in terms of, you know, it, how predictive it can mm-hmm. theoretically be. I'm going to throw all these kind of, you know, quantifiers on there to give myself some wiggle room. But basically the way BABIP works, quick summation of that is the average BABIP in baseball is batting average on balls in play is 300. That's where everything usually normalizes out to over a large enough sample size. The Giants since June 24th, have a 250 uh, batting average on balls in play, which is by far the worst in baseball. I think the Mets are up there, the Rays are up there, or, or down there, however you want to put it. Uh, the A's and Braves are also in that. So the Giants, they're keeping some good company and the A's in terms of this slumping regarding the batting average of balls in play. For the season, however, the Giants are hitting an even 300 on batting average on balls in play. So for the most part, the Giants offense is just kind of doing what you expect it to do which is just they're just enough to suggest that they're not over they're not kind of overachieving offensively they're not underachieving offensively overall for the entirety of the season they've been about a normal offense so when you see them over the last month hitting so poorly on batting average on balls in play that does give me a belief that the offense will eventually right the ship so as far as like yeah it sucks they're not scoring runs in Washington and in Detroit today they do have the A's coming into town they are returning back home that familiarity could kind of help re kind of get the offense back on track I don't know if you're feeling as comfortable or as confident in the offense bouncing back as I am, Shasky. One thing I'm not confident in right now is the starting pitching after Logan Webb and Alex Cobb. Uh, let's go to the hitting first. Yeah, I'm not as confident as you are that the hitting's going to continue. Um, I mean, you got a lot of young guys that have never played this long, this deep against this many big leaguers at any point in their career. You've seen Patrick Bailey's batting average dip, dip, dip. Uh, you're seeing Casey Schmidt in a deep abyss. Uh, I referenced Yastrzemski. He's in a deep abyss. Lamont Wade Jr. has not been good as of late. Last 15 games, batting under 190. Um, Matos has never played this long. He's 21, right? J.D. Davis, batting average was near 300. Now it's all the way down. 
um, closer to the, you know, uh, 260 range. I think that these guys are all regressing back to the back of their baseball card, Sam. I mean, that's that's the reality. And then I look at the pitching staff, and the pitching staff has two guys that are reliable, at least as the starters, and six guys who stink. Manaya stinks. Tripling stinks. Yeah. No, there really Luke is no stinks. Judas yeah. stinks. No, there really is no good way to to really spin this. I mean, look at I kind of tried like, earlier this weekend. Yeah, I kind of do a deep dive. You know, which of these starters kind of has something that you could mm-hmm. point at and be like, oh, maybe there's something there. If I had a gun to my head, I had to pick a pitcher who I think could maybe get it together the rest of the way. I don't know. Can I give an answer without you laughing at me? Ross Stripling might be your best bet. And I mean, he just got tattooed by the Tigers today. Like, and this is where the lost series to the Royals, to the Tigers, to, I mean, oh my, to the Pirates. Like if you lose (laughs) to the A's, the Nats, if you lose to the A's this week, I can't take you serious, Sam. I know that you keep telling me they are, they could, they will be a playoff team. And I hear that. This feels like an NBA version of a seven, eight, nine, ten seed, right? Like this feels playing to me. Almost this does not that, feel legitimate. Well, okay, you say it, it, there's a difference between kind of being that play-in team versus kind of like in the NBA. We talk about that purgatory where it's like if you're in like that, you know, seven to eleven range mm-hmm. where you're 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 not good enough to have a legitimate playoff seed, but you're not bad enough to have a good draft slot. I don't, I don't know. Would you say the Giants are kind of in that purgatory area yes. right now? Yes. Like right now, like who's the guy you're like? Potential all-star if he plays up to his to, to where he should be. I don't think they have that guy on the team right now. Offensively. I'm talking about offensively. Yeah. Like, if you want to make the pitching staff correlation, fine. Doval has been an all-star this year. Like, where would they be if Doval wasn't an all-star? Where would they be if Logan Webb wasn't borderline-ish? Where would they be if Cobb wasn't an all-star? They'd be screwed. Yeah. I mean, you could say that. I mean, if any team without their good players would be screwed, but no, it's you need. But they have less more. good players than others. I they think really that's do. Where I'm going. And that is, and I think part of it is, I think some guys just need to get it together. Um, I think JD Davis is better than how he's hitting right now. I think Lamont Wade Jr. is not a 190 hitter. I do expect more out of Patrick Bailey, though. At the same time, he is the rookie, and there's a lot being put on him. I would like to see a lot more from Luis. There's just guys have to give more. I think this is where it kind of gets onto Gabe Kapler and their coaching staff. You got to figure a way to get these guys out of these funks. I know that's easier said than done. And I'm not really sure what that magical formula is, but I'll be honest right now, you know, coming into this season, the expectations were I said this on the morning rose this morning, just make me feel better about the team at the end of 2024, at the end of 2023 that I did the beginning, the bar was set relatively low for that. And maybe a month ago, I would have been like, you know what? I like this development you're seeing from the young guys. Let's keep going with that. I feel good. At this point, you've been teasing me enough with this playoff positioning with the Giants where they've been all year. I need to see a playoff run. Try and go for it. We can get into that in a second when we talk about potential trade ideas. At this point, though, I think my expectation for the Giants, and I need to see a playoff appearance. And if I don't see a playoff appearance this year, then don't ask me about an extension. But what does that do? Like, honest, honest to God. Okay, you make the playoffs. What, what does that mean for next year? I think, well, let's say if you're a free agent hitter, maybe you do a little bit of pitching on the side, and you want to join a team on the West Coast that is trying to win baseball games. You know, one team comes to you with this big old sack of money. This other team comes to you with this big old sack of money. But one of those teams with a big old sack of money didn't, you know, make the playoffs that year. Sam, Are you, Sam, is that Sam, player? I want to bat. I want to bat in a lineup where Wilmer Flores isn't the number four hitter, isn't oh, the number three hitter. Too. 
No, I'm I want a guy in the lab that puts Wilmer Flores on the bench. But my point is, I think if you're making, if you're a playoff team, I think that just overall looks better. Like, how how does a playoff appearance set the Giants back? I guess let's 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 flip because this there's back here here here's how. If you're relying on Wilmer Flores to carry you through the dog days of the summer, like that's that's an indictment on who you are, right? Like, I'm I'm being real. Like, I like Conforto. He has a great year. They make the playoffs. He's gone, right? Mm-hmm. Mitch Hanniger hasn't even played this year. He's played like five seconds, and they're well, stuck think, with Hanniger. Well, if Conforto still has a good year, but the Giants don't make the playoffs, do you think he's coming back? I'm, Conforto's probably gone regardless. He's probably gone regardless, and then we'll get to that in a second, a little bit too. But no, but like I, I just don't know what's sustainable. Like that's this is the same. I, I feel like we're going back to 2021 again, where it's like, great, you put together a piecemeal duct tape team, and then I look at next year, you have to duct tape it back again together. Like, can I get some pillars so that I, I can, you know, have a foundation that's poured, and then I can actually remodel the kitchen and remodel the bathroom? Right now, you're just putting new drapes in a crummy yeah. living room every year. Well, that- then let me take another angle then with, with that then. You say, you know, I want a foundation. Well, you got a lot of rookies on this team right now. You got on any given night, you can have four to five, sometimes six rookies on the field for the Giants on any given night. Yeah, but Brett I Wisely, think- I don't consider a real rookie. Like, come on. Brett okay, Wisely is not I'm a real saying- rookie. I'm not, what do you want to classify? It's, it's, we're talking about, we're talking about Bailey and we're talking about Schmidt. That's three guys. Yeah. And Schmidt, I'm iffy on at this point, as high Schmidt as I've been on, on him. My we're point three guys. trying to get, my point that I want to get, though, is that when you have a roster with so many young guys, I don't care if you get knocked out in the first round. Give these young guys some playoff yeah, action. Let, the, let Patrick Bailey take the field with that playoff spray right there on the sideline. Give them a chance to say, hey, I know what playoff baseball is like. Like, you know, this is like the, the, the Sacramento Kings this past year. They get to the playoffs. It was a great moment. They snapped that streak for that young team to get that taste of playoff experience. It was huge for them. They got knocked out in the first round by the Warriors. That stunk for them. But they're feeling like, now I got that taste. Now I want more. I want Patrick Bailey. I want Casey Schmidt. I want Ryan Walker to get that taste of postseason baseball. And I want them to come away dissatisfied. Saying, no, you know, I think that's a great I'm point. I'm glad we got there. I want more. No, so that's, that's kind of why I want a playoff appearance. Just get there. And honestly, at the same time, like, Making the playoffs should never be a bad thing. We've no, had I'm not saying playoff. it's a bad thing. No, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. But like using your analogy with the Kings, which I actually think is a really good point. Like, do I want Bailey and Matos to get that experience? Absolutely. But in this analogy, you need a De'Aaron Fox. Mm-hmm. And they don't have a De'Aaron Fox, right? Really, it's they've got a, a bunch analogy, of... No. They got a bunch of Malik monks. They got a bunch of like hired mercenaries off the bench that they're relying on as their dudes. Like, and I like them. Oh, Malik monk. You can't have a team filled with Malik monks, I guess is where I'm going. Well, I've, I've, we're going to compare baseball teams to, to basketball teams here, which is not the It's greatest. a fool's errand. It is. It is. But you know what this kind of reminds me of is the, uh, what year is it? The 2019 Clippers that the Warriors played in the first round. That team was basically a supporting cast that needed a star. What are the Giants right now? A supporting cast okay. that needs a star. Okay. And you look at that Clippers team. Yeah, they, they stole a couple games against the Warriors, mainly because I think why is not important. But that's kind of why I see the Giants as. And that's why I think a playoff appearance is helpful. You want to showcase right. to other guys around the league that, you know what, are we a perfect finished product right now? No, I do not think the Giants are a finished product. I think they're still a ways away from being a finished product. But in order to become a finished product, you need to take a step. You need to take steps towards yes. that finish line. I agree. And with if that. you give me four missed playoff appearances in five years, at that point, I'm throwing my hands up in the air and saying, what's the vision? Why aren't we crushing Farhan more? Where does that sound familiar? And I don't want to do that. I think if you make the playoffs this year, it it cools the fervor around Farhan. And it just gives you like 
it's cooler to say you made the playoffs than to not make the playoffs at the end of the day. Like, uh, last and, year, here's a good example. Last year, they did not make the playoffs, but they finished 81 and 81. Does anyone give a rip? No, not really. I mean, you had the strong September to give us a nice little snuggly feeling to go into the long winter. But you know what? A playoff appearance is going to feel a lot better Name than a one hot one positive story. I know. I'm glad you brought us up. Name one positive story from the final month of last year that translated to this year. VR was the hot story. VR, VR was the hot story. Austin, awesome. J.D. Stinks. Davis, we saw him kind of come on that okay. last month. And okay. And I like what I'm seeing from J.D. Davis. Okay. And no, it's not just because he came on this podcast. Right. I genuinely do like what I'm seeing from J.D. Davis. Is he a centerpiece of the lineup? No. He is the Lou Williams to the eventual – he is the Lou. He is the Lou Williams to the eventual Kawhi Leonard that the Giants will hopefully be Kawhi. bringing in. Well, that you got to get the Kawhi. That is the big deal. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. Sam Lubman and Joe Shasky coming at you every week with the best Giants content, good times or bad. We fight through it all. Part of the Odyssey Sports Network here on 95.7 The Game. We are talking about whether this team is worth upgrading or not. But if you're going to make upgrades, you got to have a plan. And the deadline, we are a week away from the trade deadline. I fully expect the Giants to be in buy mode at this point because, like I said, the playoffs should be the expectation right now. Obviously, you know, the, the big fish we all want is Shohei Otani. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. The Angels are kind of wishy-washy on whether they want to put him on the market. I guess off the top, Shasky, if we're going to talk potential trades, do you think that, they, that Otani actually does make it to the market and does actually get moved no. at the deadline? No, no. The more and more I hear from people who claim to know, it feels like he's standing pat. So, no, I do not think he even gets moved. So, you can't get Otani. That means the Giants have to do something else Why? to improve this team if you want to make a playoff. If the goal is to okay. – let's just let's just okay. say here, forget the should they. Let's pretend that we had the should they conversation. The conversation ended with, yes, they should upgrade the team and make that well, playoff. You should play. always be upgrading the team. So, we agree there. Yes. So, we're good there. So, I teased on the show this morning the foolproof plan that will fix the Giants and get them back into the postseason. We're all going to be seeing Kumbaya at the end. I'm really overselling this one because I don't know if it'll actually get us that far. But here is my theory. We saw over the weekend the Giants are interested in Justin Verlander. Now, another two other guys who have been uh, rumored to be on the market are Lucas Giolito and Tim Anderson. I am proposing that the Giants go and get all three of those guys. Here is how you make the Justin Verlander trade happen. Shasky, do you remember the tale of Zach Cozart, Giants legend? Yeah, they paid for him. Yeah, so basically for those who don't remember – after the 2019 season, the Giants swung a deal with the Angels to bring in Zach Cozart and his entire $15 million contract. And in return, the Angels, not the Giants, the Angels sent over Will Wilson, who was just drafted in the first round that previous year. Basically, the way it boiled down to the Giants ended up releasing Zach Cozart right after that deal. And due to the whole, you know, pandemic thing, Cozart ended up being the highest paid giant, the 2020, uh, uh, the highest paid 2020 giant. So use that for trivia night. But the, the 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 overall belief was that the Giants spent the overall strategy was the Giants spent 15 million to acquire a first round pick. It was something I never seen a team do before, and I was like, I love that kind of creativity of finding ways to get but new Will players. Wilson like hasn't that. done anything. I know, 
that trade that maybe that deal did not work out. Here is, but the it's 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 the theory and the process that I want to focus okay. on. Okay. Go get Justin Verlander and take on every single cent yeah. that he is owed for the I'm next couple of years. So he's owed about 14-ish million in that ballpark the rest of this year. Take it all on. 43 million yeah. next year. Take it all on. He has a vested, he has an option for uh 2025 that vests next year if he hits 140 innings. Though the the word on the street is that any team that does acquire Verlander at the deadline is gonna have to agree to just vest that option right off the bat. Sold. 35 million to Justin Verlander in 2025. By taking all that money off the Mets uh payroll, then you say, Well, hey, we're gonna give you some financial flexibility. And in return, why don't you give us a player? You know, as the as a you know, a thank you for taking this salary off uh, off of your books. So the Giants would get Justin Verlander, maybe even a player, and the Mets get financial flexibility. Maybe that's being a little too aggressive. Yeah, you're using the resource that you have in abundance, which is money, and I agree with you on that. And why would you want to bring in Verlander, even though I don't think you're a contender right now, to be around the Wisenhuts and the Harrisons in mm-hmm. the same way that Randy Johnson came over for his 300th uh, win in 2009 and taught Bumgarner and Lincecum and Johnny Sanchez and Matt Cain in spring training and through work ethic throughout the year. Like I am all in on Verlander. The guy was a Cy Young Award winner yeah. last year. Why wouldn't you? And and he's at 248 wins right now. Now, to get to 300 would be very unlikely. I bet you he wants to get there. Oh, yeah. And you know what? The Giants, they made a whole hoopla out of Randy Johnson going for his exactly. 300 win. It gives you something to be excited about. And I honestly, agree. It gives you a guy with cachet. People I agree. follow Justin Verlander around. He's a high-profile pitcher. And also, we get to giggle about that one I'm time that he was he pitched at Oracle Park and said, wow. Like, isn't it great I'm to all know in. that before the deal's even made, we already know what gift we're going to use to celebrate it, which, I don't know, maybe that's not a good idea. So part one is get Justin Verlander. Give me part, part two. Part two of that trade is let's go out, let's talk to the Chicago White Sox about Giolito and Tim Anderson. Both of those guys, I think, are great buy-low options because neither one of them are having a great season right now. I think they're low-risk options because Giolito's a free agent after this year. Tim Anderson has a club option worth $14 million for next year, and I think they're high-reward uh, potential moves. Uh, Tim Anderson, who's been a great hitter for the last couple of years this year, it's not been so good. So I went down a little bit of a Tim Anderson rabbit hole over the weekend, trying to figure out, you know, how I could fix him. I'm not smart enough to know exactly how to fix him. But one thing I did notice Shasky is in the years that he was doing really well, he had a, a normal-ish ground ball rate around 50, 55% was his usual ground ball rate and a launch angle that was in the four to six range. This year, Anderson's putting up a, a career high ground ball rate. It's in like the mid 60s. And he's also got a career low launch angle of 0.0. So basically, he's got a very flat swing and he's putting the ball on the ground. I don't know. You, you're a coach. You probably know how to fix this more than I do. But it could be as simple as you elevate that swing a little bit. Some of those ground balls start turning into line drives. Those line drives become hits. Now, since the All Star break, he's sitting around 330. His launch angle, it's been up a little bit. I don't know. Maybe I'm overanalyzing that a little bit. No, no, no. A guy like Tim Anderson, that seems like a guy where if you could just make a small tweak to his swing and get him out of the dregs that is the south side of Chicago into this beautiful, wonderful ballpark that is Oracle Park, maybe you awaken something in him. He's a COS, a change of scenery guy. Like, Mm -hmm. this is a guy who needs a change of scenery. I'm in on Tim Anderson. I think it's a buy low proposition. If it doesn't work out, you don't invest the option and you allow him to walk. They need middle infield help right now. I think Mm -hmm. his speed plays. Something no one's talked about. I think he's a guy, great example. 
I don't think he's been right offensively because of the beginning of the year he played in the WBC. And I think he never really got his normal spring training in. He's been in the league for quite some time. And it was a disruption, if you will, to his normal uh, beginning of the year. And I feel like he's fought that. I think he's been battling some small minor injuries. I still think he's got good speed. I like him. I think he's a yeah. buy low candidate, and I would love to bring him in. Gio is going to cost you. Like yeah. he's a guy who's very, very good. When he's on, he's a stud. You've had success with White Sox pitchers, Carlos Rodon being one of them. I think this is a nice move. It's going to cost though. Are you willing to give up one of your guys that you've yeah. held on to for so long? Is it well, going to cost you a Ramos? Yeah. Well, this is the thing with Gio because I think both these. I think you can make all these deals, including for Gio without giving up any one of your top guys. Okay. You know, maybe you give up a guy like lower on your system. You know, maybe you give up like a, the Giants are stupid rich in pitching right now. When, you know, when you take all pitchers are in a draft, when you take all pitchers in a draft one year, you're going to be stupid rich in pitching depth in the, you know, li- make in the mid to lower start. minors, not at the big league level. Okay, but maybe it's like go. a guy like an RJ Dabovich. Maybe it's a Randy Rodriguez. Maybe it's a Jose Cruz. That's it. Just Jose Cruz. There's no junior there. Maybe it's one of those guys. All of them are in the AAA level, yeah. pitching well enough to where you I'll can give say, up you know Sean Jelly tomorrow. I give up. I'll give up Bart well, tomorrow. Like I'm well, being real with you. Like that. I'm giving those guys up. Guys, we've already seen Ramos. I would have gave him up yesterday. Exactly. I agree with you, except for Sean Jelly, because in order for a trade to be made, the other team has to want that guy too. <laughs> but the thing is, you have. I don't think that these are guys who. I mean, Lucas Giolito. His thing is he's a big strikeout guy. He's yeah. not getting that swing and miss this year. You're not seeing the swing and miss as much with the slider. You're not seeing the swing and miss as much with the changeup. And this all comes down to the whole before this year, the one thing that a lot of people within baseball circles would agree on is the Giants no starting pitching. Mm-hmm. This year, it's not been the case. Now, no. is the last four months of failures with the starting pitching offset the previous four years? I don't know. It depends on what mood you're in when you ask me. The point is, is that the Giants still have a good reputation of, you know, bringing the best out of starting pitchers. They revive Rodon. They revive Kevin Gosman's career. They got plus pitching out of guys like Drew Pomerantz and Drew Smiley. They even figure out a way to milk a little bit of good baseball out of Johnny Cueto. You know, they've shown that they can figure out how to recognize a flaw that a pitcher is having and fix it. Sometimes the flaws the pitcher isn't good, and that's what we're seeing this year. I don't know if that's the case with Lucas Giolito, but if they could figure out a way, hey, maybe, you know, do this with your slider instead of that. Maybe do this with your changeup instead of that. Figure Sam, out a way. I, to- love, I love this. No, you're on fire right now, but yeah. let me ask you this. What's, right. the real- what's the reality that they execute even one of these guys and get them on the team? Execute well, a trade for of- one of these guys. I mean, half of it is you got to have the right – you got to get the other team to say yes. Sam, and this is the probability? The- 10%? 5%? One, just one of know. these guys. I don't know what the probability is. I'll be honest. I don't 10%. know if I really want to dive into that. I don't know. If I say 50%, will that be a viable answer? Like, either it's going to happen or it's not. But here's the thing. If we're talking about – here's the thing. is I just want to see the Giants do something to show that they're at least trying. You know, we talk about nobility and winning while losing or whatever. You know what? I Again, there's a nobility in wanting to try and be in the playoffs. We keep saying, what's the bold move that Farhan's made? Is this the, the move that says, oh, wow, you know – Chris Paul, Christian McCaffrey, Tim Anderson. No, we're not going to be combining a, we're not going to be putting that move into the, you know, category of the previous two, but at least it shows an initiative that okay. you recognize that there is a cheat. There's a chance to make a postseason run. There's a chance to give Patrick Bailey uh, a chance to play. Look, I'm here for that. We saw what Logan Webb did in the postseason against the Dodgers. I mean, Logan Webb stood on the mound twice against the Dodgers and said, no, you won't. You know, I want to give Logan Webb a chance to have another postseason moment. It's, 
if we don't win the World Series, that's fine. Give me something to feel positive about going into that po- into this offseason. Making moves like this shows that, you know what, maybe they work out. Maybe they don't. Maybe Tim Anderson comes here and turns into a pumpkin. Maybe Lucas Giolito, you know, gives up seven home runs in one game to the Dodgers. You know, maybe Justin Verlander yeah, gets it can't be worse elsewhere. It can't be worse than Hanniger and Disco right now. I mean, no, like, it cannot. I and mean, so I'm in on it. Sam, I'm in. Yeah. So it's just moves like that to show that there's a desire to make it happen. If you fall short, again, it comes down to the, if step up to the plate. If you strike out, that's fine. Just swing the damn bat. Yeah, I'm dude. with you. Get the that's bat. That's why I need shoulders. to see Farhan. Swing the damn bat. You don't have to make those moves. Maybe there's other moves. Just do something. You are listening to the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. Sam Lubman and Joe Shasky. Every week we have this stuff, good or bad. Like, rate, review, subscribe, share. Tell everybody about it because rain or shine, we will be here talking Giants baseball. Before we go out, get out, get you out of here, Shasky, because I know you got a lot of things you got to do. I want to do a quick, um, some short hops here. Uh, first things first, I want to talk about Michael Conforto. He's a guy we really enjoy talking about on the, the so far this season had him on the show uh susan slusser does a great job covering the giants with the sam super chronicle went on a, another radio station was kind of talking about you know what the future for conforto might hold giants are obviously very hopeful that he uh takes that player option to come back next year right now that's an 18 million dollar player option just right now obviously we want conforto to come back if you were to ballpark a percentage how likely do you think that is i think he's probably going to get close to 20 million dollars a year uh if i'm him I try to negotiate a two or three year extension. I don't see any team giving him a multi-year deal. I mean, he's been good this year and banged up, right? Like let's mm-hmm. call it what it is. Like he's been banged up. Um, and I think that the giants get credit for being able to navigate him through the rigors of this season, but he has to finish the finish line here. I mean, he's mm-hmm. got to get to the end. I have a feeling he's going to opt in. I, the more and more I've thought about this, I think he's going to opt in or try to negotiate a multi-year deal with the Giants, and I wouldn't be opposed to that. In an ideal world, he's a six-seven hitter for this team. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing: I I'm a little hesitant to uh, fully commit to wanting Conforto back because basically he's basically in a contract year. I mean, yeah, he's got the player option for next year, but basically you want to treat it like a contract year because the reason that the Giants give these player options is because they want to motivate the player to play well so that he opts out of it. The goal of getting the, giving the player options is that he does not exercise it. I look at Conforto and I see a dude who's trying to put together a career year to get that next big deal, to get that three, four, maybe in a five-year deal he might oh. want. If he's, that's what he might want. I'm not saying that's what I would give him. But I remember a couple of years ago, Brandon Crawford in 2021 had that insane season in a contract year. And everyone's like, bring him back, bring him back, bring him back. And I was thinking, I don't know if I would do that. I mean, obviously, well, you're still Bell bringing back older. Brandon Crawford. But I look at Michael Conforto, and I'm seeing the numbers spin up this year. It's like, you know what? It's great. This seems like a career year type performance for Michael Conforto. I feel like if you were to bring him back for another two, three years, I don't know if you do that expecting this year's production. I don't know how set that's going to be. He is on the north that's side fair. of 30. But you don't so, have any outfielders. <laughs> like I think that that's where you got to start bringing him up from the minors. Let's see, you know, get Helia Ramos back in the lineup. Let's start working. Give Luis Ramos couldn't even sniff I, the production that Conforto's giving you. I mean, next year we could be saying that same thing about Conforto. If he regret, if you need to get at minimum this kind of production from Michael Conforto. And I just don't know if you're going to get that next year. Uh, moving on. Cause again, these are supposed to be short hops. Shasky. The uh, the A's are coming to Oracle this weekend, this week, and if things are progressing as they are expected to, this could be 
we're in the final eight games of the Bay Bridge series here. We got two this week, two uh, next month, and then four next year. It's coming to an end, Shasky. I mean, how much does this Bay Bridge rivalry still hit for you? It's more sad than anything else. Like, I feel really bad for Ace fans uh, for a variety of fronts. And it's just, it's another reminder that it's about the business of sports, not about the love of sports when it comes to the big league stuff. And, um, it really, really does suck. And I'm hopeful that Giants fans will get a sell chant going for their A's brethren. I believe the the plan is for Tuesday night, right before the fifth inning, same deal, quiet for the first batter, and then start the sell the team chants. And I hope that does happen. And anyone who's there, really enjoy it. When I went to the reverse boycott game last month, I'm not going to lie, it was one of the most incredible experiences I've ever had. That fifth inning when they started doing the sell the team chance in unison, it was an incredible moment, one of the best moments I've ever experienced at a baseball game. Um, Some quick thoughts I have just on the A's. You know, while we're getting excited about Patrick Bailey and Casey Schmidt, the A's, they got two guys of their own kind of worth uh, keeping an eye on here, and Tyler Soderstrom and Zach Geloff. Don't have a whole lot I can tell you about Soderstrom. Zach Geloff, I saw him last week against the Twins. Dude could scoot a little bit. I'm kind of Giants lose if the Giants lose these to the A's. Oh, I'm going to be put a, put a bookmark in them, dude. They're done. Put a fork in them. One last thing I want to say about Giants A's is I am. We saw Patrick Bailey versus uh, Ellie De La Cruz. We've seen Patrick Bailey versus Corbin Carroll. We saw Patrick Patrick Bailey against what's his face on the Nationals on Sunday, who stole four bases Lane against Thomas him or whatever. I am very excited to see Patrick Bailey versus Estuary Ruiz. Yeah, I am too. So that's a matchup I'm excited to see. Let's see if a Giants pitcher can actually hold a runner on and give him an opportunity to throw someone off. That it'll be fun to see there. And again, I the Giants need to sweep the Bay Bridge series. I They're, totally agree. And they have to be. They have to be convincing wins. No close one nothing games. Bury the A's. Like, you know what? It's if we want to feel sorry for the A's. No, Bury I'm not feeling A's. sorry for the A's You're this hilarious. year. Bury them into the dirt. It's a useless team. Send them off the bench for the fucking sadness. Anyway, They're last thing before we get out of hand. here, Shasky. Uh, Steph Curry underrated. It's been making waves on Apple Plus. I saw it last week. I don't know if you've had a chance to see it yet. I did. Okay, so I don't want to talk about the doc, but if if Apple TV were to Tim find a, to come. not a current, you Tim think okay, to come. you, you jump to come. I want to, I want a 10 part doc on Tim Lincecum. Yeah. I think Tim Lincecum's definitely up there. I think Buster Posey's the other guy. I need no, to see it. I would, I'd rather see a Pablo on. doc than a Buster doc. Really? Yes. I just think Pablo's like, one of the great woulda, coulda, shouldas. Pablo to me, like the, the Marcus Dupree, that is Pablo. Pablo is just like Mar. Go back and look at his rookie year. Go back and look at that rookie year. And oh, you yeah, tell me after yeah. watching that guy, you didn't think he had borderline Hall of Fame material in his in his future. Oh, he was he was he like himself second, out of the he league. Was the second coming of Vladimir Gore. He jumped in the air and hit a baseball for a Thank double. You. Like, how do you that makes no sense? I know. I know. <laughs> uh, but those are the yeah, two guys in order. Lincecum, then Pablo. Yeah, I would love to see Buster. Honestly, I think a mad bum would be really cool. But if we oh, really want to like get it. behind the scenes and get some fun stories. You don't think a two-hour doc on Brian Wilson would leave you wanting more? It'd be pretty funny. I mean, just I would go they, shooter before I go Brian Wilson, though. That'd be an interesting one too. But, um, I remember uh, back in like 2008, 2009, the uh, NBC Sports or Comcast Sports did that Life of Brian series. Mm-hmm. I where just like gave Brian Wilson a camera and said, "Go do stuff for six episodes or whatever." That was like. I want to hang out with you, but not for too long because I feel like I get annoyed with you after a while. For sure. But, well, he tried really too hard. It really was. It was. Hey, it was a fun time while it lasted, though. Yeah. 
Anyway, so uh, before, we do have the Giants facing the A's this week. We'll be back later this week, hopefully, depending on what our mood is after 49ers training camp. Uh, and hopefully the Giants sweep the A's because if you think the mood's bad now, you lose a game to this incredibly bad A's team. It's gonna The mood's going to get sour really fast. Seven days. Farhan, you're on Great the clock. Deadline. And until then, we will see you on the next one. <laughs>